Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for the 50-plus generation, helping America's baby boomer live a life that matters. Your host is Dr. Dan Critchett, and the show is all about guests and topics that relate to the real-life challenges and opportunities of people in the second half of life. Today's show is brought to you by Second Half Network, providing resources and connections that are designed to educate, equip, and inspire. If you want to live a life that matters, Dr. Dan and his guests are in the studio and ready to begin today's discussion. Let's listen in. We're very happy to welcome you to Second Half Now today, and uh, glad you're on board. We're going to have a fantastic discussion today. I've got a guest uh, in studio. I'm going to introduce him in a few moments, but this Second Half Now is a radio show for the 50-plus generation, and our theme sort of recently sort of um, clarified and crystallized with these words, helping America's baby boomer live a life that matters. And I want to just say at the beginning here that I've asked many, many people about that recently, because since we've kind of changed to that wording, and I say, what about you? Do you want to live a life that matters? And I have yet to have anybody say, no, no, I'm okay just being useless, just sitting around not doing much. (laughs) Worthless, irrelevant. (laughs) That's what I'm aiming at. Right. And so I think that we're tapping into something that's in us as boomers, because we've uh, early on, we had a notion that we wanted to change the world whether we were protesting the Vietnam War or whether we were shipping out or whether we were whatever it was we were doing, we wanted to make a difference, and that's a life that matters, and that's why we're here. So on this show, we discuss the things that are important to us in the second half of life, and we all know that the second half is a whole lot different than the first half, right? True. Yeah. And uh, in fact, the game is won in the second half. I don't care how far you up are up, whether you're on the court or on the field, there's no halftime in baseball, but I'm just using the football and in uh, basketball analogies here. And so the coach takes the team into the uh, locker room and says, hey, guys, we're up or we're down or whatever else, and let's, let's really uh, come at it hard and let's take this game. And uh, so it's the second half. And so it is for us in the second half. This is when the game is won. Absolutely. We are so poised and ready because we've been shaped by all the – tough stuff and all the good stuff and everything, we're ready to uh, we're ready to roll. So welcome on board. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett. I'm gonna again I'm gonna introduce my guest here in just a minute. But here's what we're gonna talk about today. Most of us are concerned and compassionate when we see someone who is struggling in life. And that struggle takes many forms and often expresses itself in the person being hurting or homeless. I want to just keep focus on those two words for our show today, hurting and homeless. And uh, it can come pretty close uh, to home for those of us who have someone in our circle of family and friends who has fallen on hard times. Now, they may not be hurting or homeless, uh, but we want to get down to the, the issue of those who are. So we have ideas about why that person that we see maybe on the freeway exit or on the corner uh, with their cardboard sign, we may have um, things that we think about why that person got into that situation, we might even have ideas about what can or should be done to help them out, right? But wait a minute. What if we're wrong? What if our observations and assumptions are not accurate or don't tell the whole story? What if there are different answers? That's what we're going to talk about today. That's just maybe some of the things that we hadn't seen before, and that's what our guest is going to help us, uh, going to kind of pull back the curtain on this whole issue of the homeless and the hurting, because he knows what he's talking about. It's still a mystery, unless you recognize his voice, because he did chime in a little bit already. So we're going to talk about today with someone who is in the front lines of that battle and has been for a long time. So in studio today is Bill Russell, Executive Director of Union Gospel Mission. And when I uh, tell other people that I've got Bill Russell on the show this week, they're picturing a seven-foot basketball <laughs> player of a different color. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and older, I think. Yeah, he's gray-haired now. Yes, yeah. he's right. even... <laughs> I'm yeah. white-haired, he's white-haired, too. Right. So, I, it's funny, I was born in in the San Francisco area a year before he took USF to the National College oh basketball championship really and then all the years he was with the celtics i yeah, was yeah. growing up and yeah. so i could not avoid him in yeah. my life exactly I tried. Yeah. bill and bill yeah so we met recently i have wanted to meet you bill for a long time for a number of years because mm-hmm. i go back in ministry many many years 
And very often your name would come up and the ministry organizations that you've been involved mm-hmm. with. And I said, I want to meet that guy. So sort of um, spontaneously, it was kind of a God thing. We were at an event recently, right. and we both had exhibits, and I was wandering around, and you were wandering around, yeah. and we bumped into each other and said, hey, what about coming on the radio? Because we had a, I, I don't know if anybody can have a conversation with you, Bill, that is not, shall I say, substantive. Oh, I hope You don't chit-chat, no. right? You uh-uh. don't just shoot the breeze. Let's get down to it. Let's get, <laughs> <laughs> let's get down to it. And you're just the guy to be in the role because that's what you do. Yeah, you have to. When you're working yeah. with hurting homeless people, right. you don't want to bloviate. Because uh, right. <laughs> right. even though in your previous life you were an attorney and you might have done some bloviating back then. Well, right? you're usually pretty missional on what you're saying. You're advocating yeah. for a client and yeah. sometimes you're stalling for time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was a trial lawyer and uh, I always thought words are powerful and that you need to use them uh in a in an effective way if right. you're defending a, a client or or prosecuting a person yeah. your words are really powerful right. Absolutely. and it, if you could say things succinctly and repeat them uh, people are usually going to understand where you're going exactly and i will say that in the conversations that you and i have had after scheduling the radio show I am uh, more and more excited about our conversation today because of these other conversations. You do get right down to it, and you talk about the real stuff. So to our listeners, I want to say that the title of our show for today on podcast, on the air, online, downloadable, wherever it is, here's the title of today's show, Changing the Way We Think About the Homeless and the Hurting. Now, before we get into that, I would just want to set this framework that and our listeners who have been with us will recognize this, that we have five core priorities that we deal with on this radio show, and they're so integral to our life. Everything that we face, every challenge, every opportunity, everything, every relationship falls into one or more of these five core priorities. Number one, home and family. Number two, health and wellness. Number three, budget and finances. Number four, heart and soul. And number five, work and purpose. And you could take every element of your life and it'll fall right into one or more of those categories. And we want our boomer audience all across the nation to be healthy and happy in those categories so that they can live a life that matters. You don't live a life uh, that matters just because your home and family and budget and everything are all taken care of. That kind of sets the foundation so that you can Mm -hmm. out of your health and wholeness. Now, can you live a life that matters when you're still struggling? Absolutely. And maybe we can hear some of that from you today, Bill. So so health and wellness uh, is the topic we want to talk about today, changing the way we think about the homeless and the hurting. So Bill, I want to establish a little context and a little credential for you. We talked mm-hmm. about an attorney, so hopefully not very many people turned it off already. Right. They yeah. say, oh, right. I don't want to hear some lawyer. <laughs> right. Uh, but tell us a little bit about yourself or what, what got you into this situation right. and what you're doing now. As trial lawyer, I became a prosecutor. Yeah. And I came to Christ as a lawyer. Uh, I had to overcome alcohol. Uh, at when I was, uh, before I, uh, found a spiritual life, yeah. I found another kind of spirit, yeah, yeah. alcohol, and, yeah. uh, it was negatively affecting my life. I didn't mm. lose my job. I didn't lose my practice, but I would have, if I hadn't dealt with it. And so that launched me into a different kind of realm, which was sobriety. And then, uh, as a lawyer, I started uh, noticing as particularly as a prosecutor that I was prosecuting people who are primarily hurting and broken, mm. not evil. Now, there are evil okay, people good. in the world who are right. predators. Right. There, are, there are people who assault people and, and prey upon them, commit sex crimes that are horrible and awful, and, and they need to be dealt with. But there's a whole batch of people who are broken. Uh, they're drug addicted or they, they commit livability crimes. And there's a batch of them mm-hmm. in criminal court. So that started me thinking as I became a Christ follower— how do I integrate what I'm doing in the day to what I see the need is yeah. of the people in court? So I jumped out of law and I joined a, a man named Chuck Colson. Uh, many people, uh, if you're a boomer, you should remember Absolutely. Chuck Colson. He was in Watergate and he wrote books. He wrote the book Born Again and some other books. Right. 
great guy. And he met me while I was a lawyer. We were at a Idaho governor's prayer breakfast meeting. And he said, why don't you quit the practice of law and come to work with me? So I cut my teeth in, in redemptive ministries really? with Colson, yeah. working seven years, primarily in the state yeah. of Washington. But those of you who know Mark Hubble with Prison Fellowship in Oregon, I actually went to Mark's house in Montana, met with him, recruited him, got him on staff. Really? He's a great guy. Yeah. He's God shaped that guy yeah. for the work i just found him but he's still a, he's still the uh, state director in oregon of Is prison, fellowship. prison fellowship great, great yeah, guy. Yeah. but um eventually uh, having four daughters and being who i am i needed less work than colson was cranking out i could not sustain the single man's job in a lot of ways and union gospel mission offered me an opportunity to take what i saw was needed to fix what's broken, and mm -hmm. and not that I could fix anybody, I can't, but to create a habitat or a place and a ministry combination where people who are deeply broken and they're experiencing yep. chronic criminality, chronic substance abuse, chronic homelessness, could come and find the elements needed to live a, a, a not only eternal life, but abundant life with Christ. You said something I want to pick up on, and we have to rewind a little bit to get to it. You said, when I became a Christ follower, yeah. and that introduced you to a whole spiritual realm that right. you hadn't participated totally in before. True. Here's what I'm picking up. Here's what I want to hear about that. Some of the people who are in our churches or in the pews or in the chairs or whatever else, they ascribe to a Christian doctrine. They may completely you know, be... Uh, you know, have that born again, that, that uh, how do I want to say, that, that salvation by grace through faith. Right. That is different to agree or to ascribe to a system of doctrine. That's much different than being a Christ follower, because you follow that up just by saying, when I became a Christ follower, then all of a sudden these other things came to your yeah. mind. And yeah. that's what I want our listeners to hear, is that when you are a Christ, while you are a Christ follower, or... If you aren't now, I want you to consider that, because that is when this whole new life opens up, and right. you find yourself pursuing purposeful, beneficial kinds of things, because you are a Christ follower, and you want to manifest that in your life. Would you say that that's accurately stated? Yeah, it's it's very true. And it, to, to me, there was some advantage in not growing up in a Christian home, and mm -hmm. not seeing that, not learning the Bible, and yeah. never hearing the teachings yeah. of Jesus. I wasn't anesthetized by him. And I didn't take them for granted. They were brand new and fresh. So when Jesus said, you're the salt of the world, or you're the light of the yeah. uh, light of the world, the salt of the earth, go and make disciples. I like took him literally. Yeah, like, you said, oh, my okay. boss, <laughs> and he's telling me what to do. How am I going to do like it, it as a lawyer? And I worked at that for three years. I really worked hard at yeah. being salt and light and redemptive and a gospel truth teller and the lover of people. But, you know, what I discovered in, in my, maybe, a, you know, when I was a lawyer, I got on the Salvation Army Advisory Board. And, and really, there are a lot of great groups that work with the homeless. But the thing is, is I think so many of your listeners have a desire to get involved and to help yes. a person out and to receive from them, too. Right. It's not a one-way street, right. not just to do for, do with. A lot of people have this desire, but I found that the time constraints of getting up every day and getting my job done, I didn't have a lot of spare time. Mm -hmm. Now that we're baby boomers and I'm 62, I've, I have a lot more wiggle room where I can craft that out. I'm right. not working 70 hours a week yep. as a corporate lawyer. I've got a lot more self-directed time. And I think now it's a question of, okay, now that I have the time and I have the desire, what steps, I mean, is this real? Am I wasting my time? Mm -hmm. Will it be safe? Will I be taken advantage of? What exactly are we talking about right. here? And, and that's where we meet a lot of boomers. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I love the way that you say that. What I'm picturing now is... Uh, when you come off the freeway at certain exits, and they're there all the time, right. uh, and almost every exit in our metropolitan area, right. and how do you feel, listener, when you see this person with a cardboard sign? You might think to yourself, well, what good is a couple of bucks going to do? Or you might say, well, what bad choices did they make? How did they get themselves into this situation anyway? And you, Mr. Cardboard Sign Person, you're making me uncomfortable. Right. Because I don't want to, I just keep my window rolled up and I look straight ahead or I put on my sunglasses, you know, and and we avoid that because we don't really know what to do. And right. the, the whole thing about the, the two bucks on the corner is kind of, 
that's sort of the visual image, but we, I want to dig down inside right. and find out why is that guy there, and that's what we want to talk about. Yeah. You know, what I see, sometimes, like, you know, recently I pulled off and I go, oh, man, Diane's out on the street again because I know oh. she's got an abusive husband. Yeah. And I know oh, he abuses her yeah. and forces her to stand out in the weather. Oh. That breaks my heart. Yeah. Man. That just breaks my sure. heart. And then the next day I'll see Leon out there and I go, Leon, you lying piece of whatever <laughs> you're out there and you're saying you're a vietnam vet dude you weren't you weren't a sophomore in high school when vietnam happened you're a you're lying that's what you're, you're scamming you're using heroin again <laughs> and 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 so but the thing is i know his name and you know what yeah. your listeners need to know that guy's name not you can't know everybody on every street corner but you you got to know somebody's name who's in that because what's really going to be powerful is if I pull the car over and I walk back to Leon. And I yeah. said, Leon, listen, I just want to invite you back in yeah. to a life that doesn't involve chronically scamming money yeah. by lying. Yeah. Or I want to pull the car over and go, listen, Diane, if you want to leave Ricky, if you want to do that, girl, yeah. we got a place you can come and you'll be safe. Wow. Now, see, I want to yeah. put your listeners in that situation where they know the resources, but they have that strength of relationship with one or two or five other people. Because yeah. if the if Christ followers do that, it it's a game changer. It is a game changer. And I want to talk about that, ask a couple more questions about how we change that game right, right. after our break. Don't okay. go away. We'll be right back. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Property values are on the rise, higher than they've been in years. It's time to take the equity in your home and do something different. 24-7 Properties will provide you with custom personal care to get the maximum value out of your home. Jeff Edmondson of 24-7 Properties is a licensed general contractor as well as a real estate agent, giving you the expertise on how to effectively get your home ready to sell at the highest price. Visit Jeff online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 24-7 Properties. Call me today and let's have a conversation about selling your house. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503-780-3030, 780-3030. We are back and we're talking to Bill Russell in studio here at KKPZ. Up on the mountain and it's a beautiful, glorious day and uh, we're looking out over this uh, scenery we're talking about down in the uh, down in the lowlands, down in the valley, on the street corners. You don't have to go far from Mount yeah. Scott. Yeah, you, exactly. You know, it's north of you, down at right. 115th or 111th in the trail. Exactly. It's down at 92nd and Flavel and Felony Flats. It's yeah. it's all around. It's right. all up and down 205. It used to be when I first came to Union Gospel Mission in '89. It was in Old Town. It was oh, right, right kind right, of clustered right. there. Yeah, yeah. But the problem has grown and. Uh, the government solutions are thin solutions or mm -hmm. one-size-fits-all solutions really aren't solutions. Yeah. I've always said if you have a complex problem and you offer a simple solution, your solution's probably not going to work. Uh, Homelessness is, right. a con it's a, it, it, it is a people problem. We all struggle with brokenness. The particular issues that a homeless person struggles with include can include mental illness. It can include just lack of uh, access to housing and a good job record. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes there's low family connection or, or peer help. There's mental illness, there's addictions. Uh, a lot of uh, heroin addicts will end up homeless just through the economy and the lifestyle yeah. of shooting dope. So, uh, and then women, there are so many women in cars with kids right now who are in hiding, they're, they're escaping abuse and they don't want to get help because they're afraid the state's going to take their kids. And, and there's groups working on that to yeah. build trust and to track them in. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, those are just real situations. 
So you're saying some things that are really important for our listeners to know about, because when we look at a person that uh, we think is really struggling because they're on the corner or they're in a car or whatever else, um, we have these sort of assumptions or conclusions. Let me ask you this before we get further. You know, Leon and uh, what was it? Diane. And Diane. Okay. So when we see these people, we don't know their names. Right. And we aren't inclined to pull over and offer some help. So let me ask you this. Um, would it be appropriate for us to make a connection with Union Gospel Mission? With the, yeah. I mean, what do we do? I think that's it. We, we broker relationships. Okay. We really yeah. do. And I, I think right now we've started this year a new program called Search and Rescue. We go out mm. five nights a week with a van, and we connect with people in homeless camps. Well, the key is we've been working since July to send our formerly homeless known people back out to those camps and they go out and say, Hey, by the way, I'm now following Jesus. So you can throw rocks at me if you want to, but I'm bringing food and food and people and help. And so most of the time (laughs) the people in the camp say, no, we're not going to throw rocks at you. Really, really, Mike, really, Kyle, really, you guys are now like Jesus freaks. And they say, yeah, we are. So then once relationship is, is established, then we're going to grow that. And we're, it's not going to grow over eight to 12 people because we don't want to intimidate through an overwhelming show of force a homeless camp of 20 or 30. But we come out and then what we want to do is bring you along and say, hey, we've made these friends. And if you'll come every week, you'll get to know a person by name who is a Leon or a Diane. And you'll find out if Leon was a foster kid. And your first Mm -hmm. pillar of home and family, he never had it in the way we mm. understand it. It was bouncing pillar right. to post. And right. family right. doesn't mean much to him. And and so all of a sudden, maybe through Christ, we could become family in a new way. And, and that's really our prayer, is yeah. that people find family in Christ and find that same sense of collection, connectedness and centeredness. Yeah. That is... Uh, in a sense, refreshing and energizing because well, I think we feel a sense of hopelessness because we don't know what to do. And maybe right. we, you know, send in 10 bucks to the Union Gospel Mission or one of the other agencies or, you know, whatever else. But I want us to get a handle on that because yeah. what's really important now is not just understanding what is leading up to these really, really tough situations. But can I, as a baby boomer, can I do something? Maybe I'm not in the van on the rescue, right. uh, search and yeah. rescue. Right. But what can I do? And I, I don't want to answer that question quite yet. Yeah. But let's dig down a little bit more about the conversation that we had about the common denominator uh, the, of these people that show up at your door and in your beds and in your food lines and everything else. A common denominator that's based on a TED Talk that we both right, saw. Right. So what is that common denominator and what does it mean? The common denominator is the number one element of homelessness is isolation. Yeah. It is being disconnected. So it doesn't matter whether that came through foster care or through the criminal justice system. It doesn't matter if heroin isolated you or domestic violence isolated mm-hmm. you. The point is you're deeply distrustful of other people. And the best way you know to cope is to get by yourself and navigate by yourself off the grid, out of the system. And protect, to keep people out. Yeah. Because you don't know that you can trust. Yeah. Yeah. You're afraid of rejection, hurt, pain, abuse, whatever. And so you're in an isolated, I'm going to get by by myself. And sometimes chemical mental illness does this too. It's Mm -hmm. a very isolating format. So then when we see... The Leon or the Diane, and we don't know the names. We see the person on the street corner at the uh, freeway exit. Maybe we can, I want to tell our listeners um, this, maybe we can think differently about that person because of what you just said, Bill. Right. Maybe there is a reason why they are there that is deeper than just, well, they just made some bad decisions. You know, they shouldn't have started smoking marijuana because that led to crack or led to whatever else, you know. So if we can have a heart of compassion and understand that there's something going on that led them there, they didn't want to be there. Right. And they have probably resisted and refused a lot of things that could have been helpful because of this uh, this this high level of dis 
connection. Let's talk about the TED Talk a little bit. It was just absolutely amazing to yeah. me. So go ahead. I'll chime in. Yeah. I mean, the, the theme of that is the way we usually respond to bad behavior yeah. is to punish it. Yeah. And so what the criminal system does is it takes a heroin addict and say, you're now a criminal and you're going to have to do time. And this is further isolating the per- right, or right. disconnecting. Making it worse. Now, listen, I'll tell you the truth. I distrust active opiate addicts because they're prone to steal and lie to get mm-hmm. through the day. But the way back is not for me to further isolate and right. say, Ted, I'm never going to talk to you again. Yeah. It's exactly what I said I'd do. I want to come in and I want to know your name and I want to press in and say, Ted, how can I help you? Yeah. If, if you're the guy on the street corner, how can I help you? Would you be willing to come in? Would you be willing to come in for a meal? Would you be willing to spend 10 minutes? And it's interesting. When we start praying for people, we then want to turn the conversation around and say, hey, would you be willing to pray for me? Because I have some needs too. That's where a relationship pivots and really gets deep. We are getting into the subject here, and we're just kind of getting started. And I love what we're doing because we've got more to go. Yeah. But we are out of time for this part, which is going to be on air. And then the whole thing, both part one and part two, will be on the podcast and downloads and on our website. So we're going to have to uh, slide out for now. But, Bill, I want to thank you very much. This is Bill Russell, Union Gospel Mission Executive Director, um, a uh, recovering attorney. Yeah, good way to put it. And other things. Yeah. So, uh, gosh. Uh, so you don't want to miss uh, part two because we're going to get deeper into this. And I want to tap down more into this TED. And this is not a guy. This is TED. It's what? Technology, TED. Education, and yeah. Design or Engineering and right. Design or something. But a young guy uh, who who put together some research with a, right. a lot of cooperation and, has, and delivered a, a, a remarkable conclusion. And I want to make sure we get to that. Good. So, But that is the time that we have for today. And I want to remind everybody that these broadcasts on the podcast and on our website are made available by our partners, two of which you heard about already. But we also have Hearthstone Senior Living, Transformational Finance, Dignity Memorial, Portland City Acupuncture, the next phase coaching and Dr. Dan Miller with Beaverton Chiropractic. And so we are here to make a difference. We are here to help boomers uh, live a life that matters. And today's topic is called changing the way we think about the homeless and the hurting. And I think you've probably gotten a sneak preview of that and we're, we're partway into it, but don't miss part two. Go to the podcast. It's iTunes, it's Stitcher, and it's to our website. There you want to hear it. So I want to thank you for listening today. This is Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers that helps us live a life that matters. I'm Dr. Dan Critchett, your host. Let's consider our continue our conversation with Bill Russell on part two on our website, secondhalfnow.com. See you there. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett on KKPZ 1330 The Truth. Brought to you by Second Half Network. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com. Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for the 50-plus generation, helping America's baby boomer live a life that matters. Your host is Dr. Dan Critchett, and the show is all about guests and topics that relate to the real-life challenges and opportunities of people in the second half of life. Today's show is brought to you by Second Half Network, providing resources and connections that are designed to educate, equip, and inspire. If you want to live a life that matters, Dr. Dan and his guests are in the studio and ready to begin today's discussion. Let's listen in. We are back and you're listening to us uh, from our studio. And I have in studio with me Bill Russell, who is the executive director of Union Gospel Mission. We're having such a great and engaging conversation. We're going to get back into that. We're going to finish up as best we can. I think, Bill, we could probably talk about this for a long time. And because of your years in this whole space, this whole arena of helping people and finding out what works, finding out what 
brings people down and how to how to get them out. We left part one by uh, talking about the TED Talk, mm-hmm. which is uh, done by a gentleman by the name of Johan Hari. Am I saying that? Yeah, right? H-A-R-I. Yeah, yeah Hari. Yeah. Right. And uh, before we get further, we can encourage our people to uh, Google that. Go to TED Talks, Johan, J-O-H-A-N-N, Hari, H-A-R-I. And uh, he came with uh, a lot of um, the, the re- results of a research, and he ended with an extraordinary one-sentence conclusion. I want to save that after we kind of dialogue back and forth a little bit. Right. But when we understand that what has gotten people into this issue, this problem, where they are homeless and hurting and holding a cardboard sign or in their on a mental, uh, mental health ward or they're being cared for somehow— what is going on? And let me back up to what we were talking about. That key component, that commonality, is disconnection. Right. So they have not. Uh, they they don't have somebody that they're connected with, someone that cares for them, someone knows them, and there, there's a relationship breakdown. That's true. The uh, separation has happened, yeah. and yeah. so to some extent. Uh, we could all feel like Cain having a mark on us mm-hmm. where we're sent away, we're sent packing, and we wander the earth in right. separation. Right. It's a horrible... With that mark. Yeah, it's yeah. a horrible feeling. Yeah. Jean Valjean and Les Miserables, yellow papers, and he's a marked man. He needs mm. to change his identity, mm. and he does in Les Miserables, and we need to change our identities. I don't want to just be a sinner. And I don't, Dan, just want to be a sinner saved by grace. I love that I could be a sinner saved by grace. But I want to be connected deeply, not just to God through Jesus, but I want to be connected to you. I want to be connected to my brothers and sisters. I want abundant life. I don't just want eternal life. And abundant life isn't the collection. We've tried that, right? We tried to amass salary. When I was a trial lawyer, I was comparing my salary to everyone else. We've tried that. We've tried to compare our house (laughs) to another house. We know that's not abundant life. We don't even need to argue about it Right. right now. What is abundant life is on this end of undoing the separation, the disconnection, and find ourselves in vibrant relationships with all kinds of other people. The mm-hmm. body of Christ is every tribe, every tongue. One of those tribes is the homeless tribe, by the yeah. way. <laughs> that is so well said. And I, I want to pick up on that because when you said, as a Christ follower, you want to connect with other people. That's it. And what I want to draw out is it's not just because you or I or we choose that. We say, I have an idea. How about if I get connected with people? I think we could agree that part of the definition of being a Christ follower is that you want to connect. There's something in us. We're so wired that we want to connect with other people. And we want to, and the way I say, I tell my kids and everybody else, I'm here on this earth for two reasons, to honor God and to bless people. And I can't do that without connecting. That's but, true. Because that's part of who we are. God makes us that way and wires us that way. And it's thrilling, when not just when I connect to you, but if I can be part of you connecting to a disconnected yeah, person, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that lights me up totally. So, right. you know, tomorrow or uh, uh, day after tomorrow, unless it's freezing uh, and, and our place is full of people on mats, we have a hot breakfast. If it's above 32 degrees the night before, we're going to have a hot breakfast. Mm-hmm. And a woman comes into the hot breakfast who's, she's not as old as you and me. I'm not as old as you, but she's not as old as you and me. But <laughs> right. she's, she's a professional and she's nearing, she's, she's under a decade away from retirement. She's in there handing out juice and coffee. Mm. She's a project manager for a major utility, but she's in there handing out juice and coffee. And every person she hands it to, it, she's saying by name. Here, Tom, here's yours. Wow. Here, Mabel. Hey, I prayed for I prayed for you last week. How's your yeah. daughter doing? She's knowing people. And what I get thrilled at is creating the venue where that can happen. Yeah. Having the relationships that right. we could direct people to be in a safe place where they can safely get to know part of this tribe we call homeless yeah. without without getting stabbed yeah. or without getting robbed or without being isolated. Because you can go to places. Ten percent of the homeless are predators. I don't want to connect with them at all. Yeah, right. I, I want them disconnected. Yeah. And inter- I'm sorry, that's the way I am about predators. But the 90% of homeless who are the victims of the predators, they have hurts and they have potential. 
And I want to get to know them mm-hmm. and I want to be with them and I want you to be with them. And I'll get thrilled the most when I see you making yeah. friends among that That's group. fantastic. Yeah. And that, that gal that's handing out the juice boxes or whatever, yeah. that uh, definitely, that is connecting. It is. They're looking at them, saying their name, giving them something right. of life, you know, a food yeah. or beverage or something that's connecting. And I'm just wondering if some of our listeners might be thinking, Wow. I, I like that. How could I connect? How could I do something that would create that connection to give that person a chance at life at so that even they could live a life that matters? It's not just me because I do good. I can help somebody else live right. a life that matters. You know, if people track to you on secondhalfnow.com yeah. and, and they say, hey, I want to try that homeless thing. Right. What I want to hook you up with is we have events called volunteer encounters. Yeah. And that's where people can come in because homelessness could be overwhelming. There are so many agencies and, and there are good ministries. Portland Rescue. I'm at Union Gospel. Portland Rescue is a good ministry. Yeah. Eric Bauer is a good man and their staff are good people. Yeah. They rock. And Salvation Army is a good operation. I know a ton. City Team is a good ministry. So I'm not a one-string violin, but believe me. And, and, and if you're out in Oregon City, there's opportunities. If you're down in Tigert, there's opportunities. There's opportunities all over the place. That's not the question. The question is, I don't know where to start. Where do I start? Right. And so we have a thing called Volunteer Encounter. Only about half the people that go through our Volunteer Encounter end up sub- filling out and submitting an application with us to work within our system. Others are directed to other places, but we want to be a collecting point. And so which, what we want to do is just present that in a concrete way and give people a tangible opportunity to get involved in face-to-face work and see if it's from them. But at the end of that, we want you to be a friend. We want you to be a friend mm. to someone who needs a friend. Yeah, yeah. So what does that look like? Is that a class or an orientation it can or be, a series yeah. or what is it? Yeah, there's a second half guy, Terry Dalkey, uh, used okay. to be with, uh, with Northwest Mutual. He's in retirement. He's teaching a class. Outstanding mm. teacher. And guys talk about that. But he's doing more than providing information. He's connecting with a group of men in a small group level where he's able to impart life and get to know them. Right. That, that's huge. So is this, uh, this volunteer encounters, I'm repeating the phrase, is that, uh, is that a, a class or what is that? It's a session. It, okay. We do it quarterly. And okay. you can find it, if you go to our website, ugmportland.org, uh, pretty soon on that website. We just finished one out in Beaverton last week. So we're waiting until March to do okay. the next one. But still, Soon enough at ugmportland.org, you'll see a volunteer encounter. You hit the, I, I want to get involved. I want to volunteer. Okay, you'll good. be tracked toward good. an encounter. You do an RSVP. You come to the meeting. You get oriented and you know your options. It's just a further step down the road. But believe me, you can get up and you can suit up and you mm-hmm. can show up at Portland Rescue or Salvation Army or the Good Neighbor Center in Tigert. Wait in because I'd rather mm-hmm. you get busy rather than get in line. Right. And so, you know, (laughs) and sometimes I think the problem is we've been doing this. We're next year at Union Gospel Mission. This will be our 90th year. The upside is you get good at what you do and you expand your work. Yeah. The downside is we already have about a thousand active volunteers in our system. We've been at this for a minute. Yeah. So I, what I don't want to do is have you stand in line and not be vibrant, not get connected directly to the place that's the best for you. Transitional youth, if you want to work with younger people, Ron Amal, Burt Waugh, that group, they're they're rocking the world on street youth. Or Mm. you can go to new avenues. You can go to other places. But, you know, the bottom line is there are... The, what the organizations provide is a safe, systematic way for you to wade in and get connected. Mm-hmm. And then once it's connected, it's going to be Christ in you connecting with, with yeah. a, either a person who needs Christ or a person who has Christ. And you'll know you'll, if it's the right thing you for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's summarize on this TED Talk. Again, it's uh, Johan Hari, H-A-R-I. You can Google that, and it's, what, 18 minutes? or Yeah. It's, it's not it's long. It's a little over 15 minutes. Yeah, right? but it's very compelling. I want to I want to read for us the conclusion. This is how he ended the, uh, the show or his, his talk talking about what is really underneath all this hurting and homelessness. And here's the quote. 
The opposite of addiction is not sobriety. It is connection. Right. Yeah, it's so true. Wow. So you and I did a little Bible diving uh, (laughs) a couple of times, and uh, you brought up a couple of uh, passages that I think are very, very compelling and helpful for us, one from Proverbs and one from Isaiah. So uh, let's do that. Uh, We've got a little bit of time left, and we want our people to hear that your heart and the heart of of movements and missions, you know, to help people and to get into that disconnection— really has a very solid biblical base. And, I mean, uh, homelessness wasn't invented by, you know, 1960s America. Right. Right. It's been going along for a oh, long yeah. time. Yeah. So Yeah, it's mentioned in the Bible. And, you know, throughout history, I was just reading a book on Irish travelers. Since the 1300s, there's been homeless people in Ireland. And they're still asking the question, how do we fix this? Wow. You know, they had a big con convention in Ireland in 1969 to 73, trying to come up with a solution for homelessness. You want to bet that these plans to end homelessness don't do it because there's something fundamentally broken that separates us in us. It's sin that separates, separates us from God, separates us from each other. And you have to work back. So the proverb, Proverbs 18.1 says, see, he who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. You know, you start living within your own mind and your own self and navigating according to your own devices. Another translation says, see him who, he who isolates seeks his own desire. There's the word, yeah. Yeah, it's this isolation, separation, disconnection. And we get into our heads and, and we start railing. I mean, I've talked to so many homeless people who talk about those people. And I always want to ask them, what people? He said, oh, man, I went to church, you know, and everybody was looking down their nose at me. I said, I just don't believe you. I I get your feeling. You're feeling uncomfortable. And probably in every church, there's a few people who do look down their nose at people, right? We know who they are. Mm -hmm. God bless them. I hope they stop doing it, right? (laughs) Right. But, you know, it's impossible to go to any group and not have someone in that group make you feel a little uncomfortable. Sure. But I said, everyone's not looking at you. Now, you need to look at me and, and answer this question. Am I looking down my nose at you? Well, no. I go, so let's stop talking about everybody and let's just start working on you and me. That's the path back. Yeah. Right? That's the path back. People are paranoid. They're afraid. They they are they project things on the on everybody. Mm -hmm. And the path back is to connect to a small group and then find a friend and connect to that friend. And we're not gonna ask anybody to be the be all end all because there's there's some really damage that happens if a person becomes overly bonded with just one person. That's not God's plan. Right. We're to connect to whole organic parts of the body of Christ, not just one person. And you're not asking people to come to the mission and take somebody home with no, them, right? No, not so. at all. No. What we're asking them is to be a friend, to come alongside. Yeah. The Greek yeah. word paraclete, yeah. you know, that's the comforter comes right. alongside. Right. It's a comforting thing. Right. We're not asking you to know everything or teach everything. Just come alongside somebody yeah. And be their mentor and their friend. And you'll be enriched and you'll learn some things for them. You'll be humbled at times. We never give without being given to. It's just against God's nature. Exactly, right. Yeah. Well, let me ask this then. Uh, When a person is isolated through what circumstances or choice or whatever else, and somebody, maybe one of our listeners says, you know, I want to make a difference. I'm guessing maybe that it is a process. It's not a one-time experience. So if somebody comes into one of your programs or spends a a morning or something doing something, maybe in the mind and in the heart of that homeless person or that troubled person, maybe a little bit of a ray of light happens. And it's not the end, but maybe maybe they can say to themselves, well, maybe there is some hope, right? Right, and just because of that one connection. I think that's true. Yeah. And, you know, that's on the military talks about the tooth to tail ratio. For every everything up here at the front, where the where the mouth's engaging, yeah. there's a whole series of support back to the tip of the tail. Yeah, and so you don't know where you're going to find your niche in that. But I think you know to start out and hand someone a cup of coffee. Or a drink or a sandwich and say, God bless you. You know, can I pray for you? That's a, that's a, something that a lot of people can do. Yeah. And then if, if you come back up line and you're teaching a class or you're doing something a little bit more uh, skilled or directive, God mm-hmm. will show that to you. But again, get engaged. Show up. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. opportunities to show up, and and I particularly I get it where if it's on the news every night, it see last you know here in the news there's a fire that burns a homeless camp, mm. and it, it affects the house right next to it. Yeah. We get afraid, or there's a shooting, or there's something, and it drives us away, and it says you know it's just too complicated. And it's, it's, it seems like it's everywhere and it's not getting any better. And I'll say this, not going to get any better until one by one we get engaged and we make yeah. friends. And, and some of the people you're just going to be kind to and it won't go very far. But other of the people, you're going to make a lifelong friend. Yeah, I like that. We're talking about Proverbs 18.1. We're in studio with Bill Russell, Executive mm-hmm. Director of Union Gospel Mission. And that proverb again is, He who isolates himself seeks his own desire, he quarrels against all sound wisdom. And man, is that today. That's real and relevant. And we're going to get on to Isaiah. There's a fantastic passage there, and we'll get into that and finish up our show right after the break. So don't touch that dial or that mouse. Stay with us. we got more. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Interest rates are still down, and that means the time to buy is right now. Let 24-7 Properties help you find the right house for your current needs. Jeff and his team, they take the time to get to know you and your unique situation to find the home that's just right for you. Search for available homes online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 24-7 Properties. Call me today and let's talk about the type of property you are interested in purchasing. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503 780-3030. 780-3030. We are right back at you here. I'm in studio with Bill Russell, Executive Director of Union Gospel Mission, doing a fantastic job, not only downtown, but around the region. And Bill is a guy of influence. I mean, he talks with uh, leaders and uh, should we call them movers and shakers? But I mean, they're mayors and governors and people who really want to address the issue. And I think we're onto something here, Bill, with this whole thing about separation and isolation and disconnection. And that is at the fundamental core of maybe the beginning of the journey of being separated and being drug yeah. addicted and Truth. substance abuse and violent and all of that stuff. It's, it's crazy. It is. Um, and, you know, again, it raised the question of how we navigate it. One way I want to push away from or encourage everyone to push away, because sometimes I need to push away from it, is I get to the tipping point of hearing about a problem in the news, and I just get angry. I just want to get mad at the person who's marching and blocking cars or whatever. And then when I get to know the person who's really upset by the recent presidential election, and they're very much afraid, and they're there acting out because they're afraid, then we can have a conversation. Mm. But if I don't get face-to-face with them, it's just going to stay distant, and I'm going to be separating myself from them. Right. So, you know, separations, right. you know, to, to be safe or to cool off. If I get angry at someone, I say, let's take a 20-minute break. I need to get my body chemicals back. Yeah, under. good. Then good. let's talk about it and reconcile. Yeah, excellent. But in Isaiah 58, God's talking to all of us who know him. And he's saying, listen, I want to talk to you about your religion. In your religion, you want to fast. You know, you want to show how spiritual you are, I guess, to me. God says, you're showing how spiritual you are to me by not eating and praying a lot to me. Mm -hmm. And I think fasting and praying is great. I really, it's shaped the course of our ministry. But if you do it without looking at the weightier things of the law, God has a message for you in Isaiah 58. And he said, I care how you treat the poor. So before you stop eating for a day or a meal and come up with all these prayers, mm-hmm. I want you to stop and consider how you're dealing with the hungry, how you're dealing with the homeless. 
and and you could read it for yourself, but in in verse seven he said, "I want you to divide your bread with the homeless, share a meal with the homeless, give away food." Okay, but in ten, in verse ten, he comes back and he deepens. He he like doubles down on his bet, yeah. and he says, "If you extend your soul to the hungry." And satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as noonday. You want to light up your life, extend your soul, give away yourself, part of yourself, your heart, your dreams, your coaching, your your just open up yourself yeah. and befriend someone. It's wow. it's deeper. A meal may lead to that. We always say meal starts, uh, hope starts with a meal. Yeah. And we do a lot on the buck 92 meals. I know people get it in the mail and they hear it on the, uh, all over the place. But I want to come back to this. Let's get past the meal and past the buck 92. What's going to be precious and priceless is when you open up your soul and connect to a deeply broken person, mm. you're going to be more comfortable about your own brokenness. Yeah. You don't have to hide it as yeah. much. And you're going to be open to bearing their burden, bear one another's burdens, and thus fulfill the law of Christ. There's so much in the new covenant, Jesus and Matthew 25, that ties back to God's heart expressed in Isaiah mm. 58. Same God. Does this very thing that you're just articulating now get at the core of why you do what you do? I think so. I mean, I think I'm always wary of my own brokenness. Mm. I always uh, battle with a core belief that if people knew me for who I really was, they wouldn't want to have anything to do with me. Yeah. I'm so yeah. defective and sin-stained. And then Jesus is always calling out to me, saying, I provided for your sins. As far as the East is from the West, I've separated you from your sins. You don't have to live in regret over mm. your sins. You can just confess them, get them out in the light, confess them to me, confess them to one other person. And I believe in that. Yeah. And, and, and be healed. Go through the healing process. Some people need to go back and get, get mental health counseling for rubble they've dealt with and that they've incurred in the past, and it's got to be unpackaged. That's backwards, mm -hmm. and it's good. I mean, it's needed if it keeps coming up. Healing is good stuff. But going forward... I want to live a life that's outbound and that, that I am comfortable opening up and having friends and not being guilt by association mm -hmm. or embarrassed. I should be on the streets. My sin should have me out on the streets. But for the grace of God, that's serious. Yeah, yeah it is. Absolutely. You know, I had the family and the education and the money and the, the culture to drive me through college and law, law uh, schooling and into law before I was ever moral or good. And, yeah. and even now I can still say in me dwells no good thing. But Christ in me is the hope of glory. And I can have the hope and the experience of deep transparent, authentic relationships. And, and if I just stay to my own people, it's one dimensional. Mm -hmm. It's like it, it misses a dimension. The more I, I get into all of God's creation and, and meet with people who have experienced profound failure and pain, it enriches, it, it helps me open up at a deeper level yeah. too. I want to speak to our listeners and say, there's a couple of different paths that we can pursue, and we keep raising this banner of living a life that matters. It is easy in America, maybe elsewhere too, but certainly here in, and with our human nature, to think that a life that is uh, fulfilling is one where we have a lot of stuff, and we can, we can waste our life on self-fulfilling activities and accumulation, and it is, in fact, a waste. However, and there's never enough, right? We never say, well, I have a big enough house. I have a new enough car. I have, you know, enough uh, of all the accolades and everything else. I have enough stuff. There's never a time when we get to that. I mean, even the billionaires, you know, want more. And so here's what I want to say is that if you are seeking accumulation for your own self, whether it's experiences or relationships or pleasure or whatever else, there will never be enough. But if you take another route and you say, well, what if I want to live a life that matters, that expresses itself in giving and serving and connecting and engaging and building relationships so that I can make a difference, here's the key. You'll never get enough of that either 
Would you say that that's right, Bill? Absolutely. Never get enough because you just want to come back for more. That's why that person goes down and hands out the juice boxes every morning. Right. And that's, I'm sure you have volunteers that are there on a regular basis, daily or otherwise, but on a regular basis because they haven't gotten enough of giving and serving and connecting. Yeah, and, and our goal is not to keep an endless cycle of dependency where I always have people who need me to hand them food. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our hearts are that... And what's cool is that when Kathy goes down there and does that on on Friday morning, her teammates are people who are out on the streets a year or two or three years ago who've now come in, received the love of God, have been strengthened and empowered, no longer on on the streets, they're off the streets, but they're there giving back. And somehow there's something magical when the people who got to know her as a recipient is now standing beside her and helping mm. her as, oh a, my, as yeah. a teammate. You know, there's yeah. a there's a richness in that. Oh, I bet. So yeah, it yeah. is addicting. I, yeah. I I always preach life balance, and I don't want people to be dependent upon me. I want peop, us, you and I both, and everyone we meet to be mutually dependent upon God in heaven. Mm-hmm. We're to be mutually dependent people. Right. A- apart from Him, we could do right. do no good thing. Right. So. Um, if you're if you're trying to do ministry to perform for God to get His approval, you're off track. Right. That's not the way. It's not going to work. We're going to show that we've already been approved. Right. You know, study to show right. the approval of God right. in Christ. It demonstrates right. it. It doesn't bring it yeah. about. We we sometimes misinterpret yeah. that study to show yourself approved. Exactly. You used yeah. a key word there. Uh, because there some who are dependent, you know, can't really do much. They always need to have a right. handout, need yeah. to have somebody help them. And then there's one who is independent, doesn't need anybody else. Maybe this is this Isolated. isolation yeah, thing. Absolutely. Yeah. But in between that, the sweet spot is interdependence, right? right? Yeah. We need each other yeah. to get God's work done. Right. So tell us, in a few minutes we have left, tell us what is Union Gospel Mission doing, or maybe name a few programs or right. uh, approaches. What do you do... To, in the context of what we're talking about. The low-hanging fruit right now for your listeners on yeah. this podcast is uh, search and rescue. You come down. Uh, we meet at the mission at 7 o'clock. We quickly do an orientation. We get in the van, and we go out to a, about four or five homeless camps. We're going to connect on that night to anywhere between 40 and 200 people. Wow. And we're gonna uh, we're gonna connect with them. They'll be known to us. Uh, you'll be new to them. You'll stay right by the van. You'll get to know people. You'll be introduced. You'll hand out sandwiches, socks. Search and rescue Union Gospel Mission. It is the bomb. Get involved. You got no excuse. I suppose if you if you're uh, if you can't drive in a regular van, then you do have an excuse. But you can pray for us. There you go. I like that. That is something that's real and now. And this cold weather uh, make a difference, right? Yeah, well, if it's icy, we don't go out. But otherwise, we're going to go out. Yeah, we're going to be bringing blankets, fleece blankets. Uh, We're we're recruiting. People are sending us fleece blankets because it's on Amazon. We're one of the kind of special gifts on Amazon. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. People are sending us fleece blankets blankets from all for, yeah. from all over oh, wow. so if you've got blankets that you can help us uh, get out to the people when it's cold people need warmth no and kidding they, they don't have a place yeah. to launder in a lot of places yeah. so it seems like a waste but we we're going to keep throwing more yeah. at them in good Jesus for you name. god bless you yeah. one last question speak to the pastors and ministry leaders in churches not just the staff people that maybe maybe someone's connected with a um, a 50 plus bible st- bible class or a fellowship group or something yeah. talk to us and help us understand what can we do and what does the church need to hear right. in terms of this this right. situation and these needs first of all to the pastor i know you have your own needs in the church i've been a pastor and we we've always had needs for filling child care stuff and getting stuff done I mean, we always have we all have needs right there's a person who's god called to connect with a homeless in your church and you've got to connect them for you to be a steward of that one in your body yeah. it's not going to be everybody out of a church out of a group of 80 or 100 there's probably going to be five people most who are going to get meaningfully connected. Then they're going to start dragging great people back to your church, and you're going to get involved that way. That's what I have to say to them. I like it. (laughs) Wow. All right, one last thing. Whatever you want to say, Bill, tell us. Then we're going to close. Uh, You know what? You have in you, when you have Jesus in you, I'll, I'll say this. If you don't have Jesus in you, receive him. 
You know, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the children of God. He wants to come inside you. When you have him inside, his love is shed abroad in your heart. So when I'm talking to you, I'm not bringing a foreign, it's resonating in you. And I don't care if, you don't have to go down to Portland to reach a hurting person. There's someone in your neighborhood or community you can get involved in. The first thing I did when I got saved, when I connected with to Christ, was I went down to the nursing home and started visiting people who had no visitors. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, good for and it was you. something yeah. that I had shied away from before. Yeah. I wasn't doing it to prove a point to myself. Mm-hmm. I was doing it because it was like a moth. It was like a magnet. Yeah. I could not not do it. Yeah. So go where God's drawing you like a magnet to do and get involved and God will bless it. And if somebody wants to explore volunteer or a donation yeah. or something, uh, where do they go? U- UGMPortland.com. Okay. I- I'm sorry, that's not right. UGMPortland.org. There I can't go. believe I said that. UGMPortland.org. Everything's on there. If not, call 503 503- Two seven four 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 eight three. That's two seven four. Give and we'll hook you up. Excellent. And if yeah. you want to have a recording of this show, call the uh, radio station here five zero three two four two nineteen fifty. Otherwise, it's all available iTunes, Stitcher, our website, downloads around the clock and around the world. We're here. I'm in studio with Bill Russell, Executive Director of Union Gospel Mission. We have had a great conversation, and as I expected, a substantive. We get down to it. Thank you again, Bill, for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All good, right. good time. Absolutely. That's it, everybody. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, and we are saying goodbye for now. And until next time, I would encourage you to uh, ask God to help you live a life that matters, a life that honors Him and blesses others. And let's meet again right here on the website, on the podcast, uh, however, you, whatever device you use, or live next Monday, 5.30 p.m. on the radio, KKPZ 1330, The Truth. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett on KKPZ 1330, The Truth. Brought to you by Second Half Network. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions. Visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com.